Good evening. On the show tonight, Team BJP in place for 2014 with Narendra Modi now the first amongst equals. Congress Team Rahul also taking shape. But the big question is either national party battle ready why does neither party want early elections will the general elections now be fought on governance not personalities yet performing chief ministers like shivraj singh chauhan and sheila dikshit not projected nationally and is the real issue now about managing allies the countdown has well and truly begun and this thursday rahul gandhi to speak at a cii summit for the first time the bjp retorts they're glad if anyone is learning from narendra modi plans and with the promise of delivering on the national food security bill the congress has at least got an election war cry ready aapka paisa aapka haath over the last 3 years the bjp has been trying to construct a poll issue aapka paisa congress ki jeb mein but corruption as a game changer has failed so right now the plot is not ready but the rss has declared that for blockbuster 2014 it's going to be narendra modi for the congress it's rahul gandhi but not many know his views on national and important issues and after the jaipur brainstorming session the congress has failed to deliver in particular rahul gandhi on organizational reshuffles for narendra modi the rss has ensured that there are no organizational problems but then there are more hurdles the rss has to ensure that narendra modi gets more acceptable to all the other prime ministerial aspirants in the bjp to the factions within and even to the allies in the nda especially one nitish kumar snapshots of rahul gandhi's politics so far but on thursday the newly appointed vice president will be in a different setting speaking at the cii for the first time prompting many to ask is the congress trying to repackage brand rahul ahead of the 2014 polls is the congress trying to bring brand rahul to counter brand modi who's been a darling of india inc he has got concern for the poor people tribal people the scheduled caste people and also the agriculturists and on the other side he has got his own vision on development in this country industrial development therefore you cannot uh, the just confine rahul ji with only the one section of the societies in this country hamare liye bahut khushi ki baat hai ki shri narendra modi is desh mein development ke aur good governance ke एक बहुत बड़े आइकॉन बन गए आफ्टर राहुल गांधी रैलिंग क्राई एन इम्पेशेंट यंग इंडिया वॉन्स चेंज एट जयपुर लिटल हैज बीन डन टू कनेक्ट विद वोटर्स पोस्ट राहुल दिस बीन नो बिग चेंज इन द पार्टी टॉप बॉडीज द सीडब्ल्यू सी एंड ए आई सी सी टू ब्रिंग इन अंगर जनरेशन इन की स्टेट लाइक बिहार द कांग्रेस हैज ओनली जस्ट अपॉइंटेड अ न्यू स्टेट चीफ टू ईयर्स आफ्टर इट्स पोल डे वाकल बट इज ऑल्सो चेंज पंजाब चीफ The Congress wants to go back to the electorate with something concrete in hand. The subsidy cash handout scheme covers only a tiny number of constituencies so far. Other schemes like the food security bill face an increasingly hostile parliament. A morale boosting win in Karnataka in May could kickstart the next phase of preparing for battle. To be sure, the Congress holds regular meetings at its war room. Rahul Gandhi is reportedly putting a system in place to select candidates for the general elections. taking feedback right from the block level but the main opposition bjp is not raising the specter of elections yet the timing may look right with the dmk walking out and the samajwadi party threatening to follow but the bjp is not ready its corruption plank was hit when nitin gadkari facing charges had to quit and with him went the rss's plans 
Rajnath Singh, the new president, took over two months to create a team. Factional wars have forced Modi's partial anointment as the face of its next national campaign, and Advani has been backing Sushma, not Modi. The certainty of a loss in Karnataka means a delay in the BJP's readiness. The JDU is not ready to go with Modi, so the BJP is not ready to disturb the NDA before the polls. Unfortunately, BJP at the national level, they don't have any leader to be projected. Therefore, they are trying to bring Narendra Modi from Gujarat. जो 2013 या 2014 के आम चुनाव होंगे, वो कुशासन बनाम सुशासन होंगे. Since his appointment as Vice President, Rahul Gandhi has been regularly meeting his party colleagues, Congress chief ministers, and members of Parliament. But critics point out that the Congress leader still remains insulated and rarely speaks in public on important issues like state of the economy or governance. So will all this change after Rahul Gandhi addresses the CII summit? In New Delhi, with camera person Jagdish Prasad, Sandeep Phukan for NDTV. Well, joining me now, my special panel, uh, Abhishek Singhvi, Prakash Javdekar, Yogendra Yadav, Sadhanand Dhume and Sunil Alag. Abhishek Singhvi, across to you first. Rahul Gandhi reaching out to corporate India, speaking on Thursday at CII. Many have talked about this being repackaged, the Congress on the back foot after the Modi blitz. I find it strange that on a day when uh, Mr. Modi has been appointed to the parliamentary board and you are discussing that, you immediately start jumping to comparisons with uh, Rahul Gandhi. I don't think uh, it really is contextual at all. But yes, since you have raised it, although I think it's unconnected, uh, Rahul Gandhi has been there on the national scene. And of course, the BJP will never agree that he has been successful. But that's not the issue. He has been there much before Mr. Narendra Modi. For whatever reason, Mr. Narendra Modi has made a move from completely a Gujarat-centric, state-centric role to the centre, hardly a few weeks ago or a few months ago and therefore I think uh, there is no no need to start comparing them. No. Yes, ultimately in our system, Prime Ministers and leaders do have to come from the coalition or the party which gets the majority and therefore uh, I think this kind of a presidential debate between the two of them is, is really a, a case of the media hype and media trying to create an equation, especially on a day of his appointment where the equation doesn't exist. No, but um, Dr. Singh, of course, his appointment was yesterday and the topic tonight is about whether the yeah. BGP and Congress are battle ready. So Rahul Gandhi's speech in first time in CIA, you said he's been, he's been around the national stage, but this is the first time he's addressed a corporate summit, unlike, of course, Narendra Modi. Prakash Chavdekar, come in here, because you made the point, the BGP okay, with me, its let new... let me ask you. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, first of all, I don't think uh, the test of Rahul Gandhi's Success or addresses or message to the nation depends on addressing a corporate summit. Of Let course not, but it's about reaching out to different sections. No, one minute, one minute. No, Mr. Mr. Rahul Gandhi has addressed very large gatherings and rallies where he has made his what he stands for very clear for the last 10 years or whatever number of years he's been doing this. That's very clear. So don't put it in a CIA issue, a CII issue. It's also, if you remember, Mr. Modi himself mm -hmm. has been speaking at these uh, conclaves in the national summits only very recently. He has restricted himself to Gujarat. Well, then Frankly, I have no doubt that in continuation of what Mr. Rahul Gandhi said at Jaipur and indeed said at various uh, addresses in Uttar Pradesh and Bihar earlier, he will further detail and elaborate 
the plan he has for the nation. He has already done it in a fairly detailed manner, well, the, not only at Jaipur but in earlier addresses. Abhishek so Singh, let me just let me just bring in Prakash Javdekar. As I said, yes. this point being about the BJP and Congress being battled in 2014, really the image you said is not at a presidential debate, it's about issues, not personalities. Is it about governance? And that's what uh, the BJP projects with Narendra Modi. Prakash Javdekar, if you can come in on this point. You said earlier today that the BJP is battle ready. Is this it? Is this the team which you think will win you 2013-2014 even yes. if it drives away key allies? Absolutely because let us understand what is happening. Modi over the years, 13 years, he is successful chief minister and has become an icon of non-corrupt good governance resulting into overall development, creating opportunities and fulfilling aspirations of all classes of society. So this is the way forward India wants to look at. And particularly on the backdrop of complete absence of leadership, vision and direction of the central <coughs> UPA government. Its mismanagement of economy resulting in hardships for common man, which they now call mango people, uh, through the price rise, continuous price rise, then through unemployment and loot and plunder of the country, what people have seen, people are really disenchanted with the Congress and want to go ahead with for a change. And but there they see a hope, because all BJP state chief ministers, may it be Raman Singh or Shivra Singh Chavan or Modi, they have become icon of faster development. Is, is, that the, is, that the, is that the point, Mr. Javdekar? Let me bring in Yogendra Yadav. Are people of India now looking for governance? It's not about the BGP versus the Congress versus the Samajwadi Party, but about governance and which chief minister delivers. You're trying, you're part of a new experiment, the Aam Admi Party. Even here, the questions have been raised about what are the governance solutions that this party can actually offer. Do you think this is going to be key in the next elections, whether it's 2013 or 2014? for clean government is clearly something people want. They want a clean government, they want an efficient government, they want a government which is sensitive to the concerns of ordinary people. Uh, unfortunately, and that's the tragedy of any democratic system, that while people can choose a party from within the menu, mm -hmm. they cannot choose the menu itself. And this is the real problem of Indian democracy today for 2014. Uh, people are being presented with a non-option a government, a UPA, a Congress which has simply failed to perform and an opposition which has not fared well at all. When Mr. Javdekar said about loss of vision, leadership, direction, I completely agreed with him but I didn't know whether it applied to Congress or to BJP. To my mind it applied to both the parties. Today the BJP appears to have a leadership but does it give them any vision and sense of direction? Uh, and that is what the challenge is. The challenge today that the country has is between political alternatives represented by established parties and an attempt at alternative politics. I would call it an attempt. I would not make any bombastic claims because it's too early for anyone to say anything coherent about it. And uh, Sadhana and Dhume, if uh, you can come in here, a keen observer of Indian politics, and I think in some sense from outside, which may give you a clearer perception, Yogendra also now part of that uh, melting pot in a sense. But <coughs> when, when you've raised the issues about uh, the BGP's new team, you made the point that is it going back to Hindutva, you've been critical of the Congress leadership earlier. When you look at the alternatives on offer, you've seen some observers talk today about the fact that this 
now makes it clear that there will be some kind of khichri government because no one is offering anything different the sense of vision leadership governance which a young india the 2013 14 would see the youngest voters ever a uh, complete generational shift in voters the largest uh, young voters ever will we see any kind of clear mandate is any party offering a real difference i think it's too early to say whether we're going to see any kind of clear mandate i think the headline for me really is that the bjp is taking a calculated risk in narendra modi they clearly see their tallest leader and one who has widespread appeal among among sections of india particularly the urban electorate but frankly we haven't seen any evidence that he can win votes outside gujarat so the jury is still out on that maybe he will be successful but i think it's too early for us to say In fact Prakash Javdekar interestingly a former BJP insider uh, Govinda Acharya today made the statement that this gamble on Narendra Modi could either win the BJP 180 seats or 90 seats because it's still totally unclear which way this is going to go what what's your take on what uh, Mr Govinda Acharya said Hello No actually Govinda Acharya gives his opinions on various issues often so everybody has a right to give opinion all newspapers also express that opinion we take cognizance of that to an extent which it deserves but we don't re- uh, react on each and every editorial so we don't uh, want to go into that what is important is we have neither declared uh, and modi ji is very clear that he said it will be the party forum which will decide uh, whether we should declare the leader first or we should go with the common uh, leadership collective leadership or whether we should declare it afterwards so there are various options which will be decided at the right time that's a strategy which is not decided on the tv debate the issue here is people are yearning for governance and the, pardon me for saying that it is not urban it is rural more you ask your housemaid servant you ask your cook you ask your driver they are coming from rural areas to the cities to earn their livelihood and everybody will say you ask and they will uh, they will prefer modi because this no, is happening no, no. everywhere I so think people are finding that no, no, that may be true in Gujarat so, but I'm not sure that if you can apply that across India I would say Singhi No it is not true in Gujarat no, no, no but even if it's true even if it's Abhishek Singhi no. you wanted to come and go ahead Yeah uh, as you know I have to leave you after this comment uh you know i just want to make two quick comments of course uh, let me say at the outset that this is ultimately in the ultimate analysis bjp's internal affair at the end of the day what or whom a political party appoints is not for another political party to decide and good luck to them whoever they appoint but two points stand out one as i see it and i can certainly be wrong uh this is clearly a proxy war between two or three particular prime ministerial aspirants this set of appointments and it appears that the first round seems to have gone in the jockeying for power to messers modi sushma swaraj and advani and this jockeying through proxy appointments is going to be assuming i think a rather large proportion which might consume and hurt the bjp itself secondly the starry eyed modism you see hello the starry eyed modism you see which is that everybody swooning I just heard another channel that the India Conclave, India Today Conclave, virtually was a great hit on TAM ra- uh, ratings because they had Modi. So it's all boiled down to a single point agenda: Modi, Modi, Modi. I think this is dangerous because Modi has three concentric circles to travel across. 
first his own party then the NDA and then a popular mandate for the country. According to me, he is far away from crossing even the first smallest no, but, circle. But, but, so but I Dr. think this swooning of Stariite movieism is a bit the misplaced. Contrast you make on jockeying for power. Bas what is wrong? Uh, presumably the Congress party is also jockeying to be in power. That's what politics is about. Oh, no, the no, the no, no, no. paradox of Congress party is no, that no. you're already talking uh, uh, that if the UPA wins, uh, that Rahul Gandhi may appoint uh, somebody else as a prime ministerial candidate or may uh, we, no, we'll I'm have a sorry. similar experiment as right now. Let me clarify, you misunderstood me. I have not at all objected to political parties jockeying for power. That is the reason for their existence. That's a collective effort. The Leaders problem with well. the BJP is that there are three or four individuals in that party who are jockeying to, for power, especially the Prime Minister's post, in a manner which is going to cut across all decisions. But isn't, issues. It, isn't, that it isn't that better than it being preordained like it is in the Congress? Not at all. In our, I'll tell you, not at all. Not for the very top. The fact that at the very top we have a clear disciplined leadership which we don't question, I think is the envy of the BJP. The fact that down below, below the vice president's post, we have hundreds of posts at every level where we have young blood, competition, good appointments, absolutely on merit or across the country doesn't detract from the fact that the people at the top are the, uh, the, the special force of the Congress which who get elected every time, so this word dynastic has lost its meaning. I didn't say dynastic, I, I said pre-ordained. Do you agree with the comparisons well, uh, here that too many in the BGP, too few in the Congress? The party is one... one I'll just get you again to Yadav in first with the I really I think that... Uh, Go ahead, uh, I, I think uh, in the case of both the parties, the choice is really being determined by absence of options. In the case of Congress, there is clearly lack of option. Uh, it's not that Congress workers really think that Rahul Gandhi is going to deliver. But the leader has to come from outside. No one from within the ranks can go up. That's Congress's problem. In the case of BJP too, it's not that the choice is being exercised with determination, with positivity and hope. It is their inability to solve their internal squabble, which was out there in public for everyone to see, that they finally see someone can probably resolve it. So, unfortunately, here we have a situation, and if it were to become Rahul Gandhi versus Narendra Modi, that would really be sad for India. India deserves better choices than that. But uh, in both cases, the choice is be being determined by negativity, by absence of alternatives rather than very positive things. Sunil so Alag, uh, come in here, you've been listening patiently to this debate. We've been looking at the governance as a key issue for the next general election. But in a sense, when you're looking at the teams you're gearing up, what's getting ready, governance not seeming to be the key factor. It's all about politicking agendas. Uh, some would point uh, to Hindutva coming back. What What's the focus that you would like to see as a member of corporate India? We've seen uh, Rahul Gandhi reaching out for the first time to be speaking at a CIA AGM this Thursday. You know, I, I think it's about time people realize that corporate India is not one separate issue of India and away from agriculture and away from the poor and away from everyone else. It, corporate India survives, democracy survives in a country because the government and corporate India can work together in a direction. Right now, what is, what is everyone looking for? And I have traveled into small towns because I go and advise companies that sell soaps, that sell tea. And everywhere there is one message which is very clear that look, it doesn't matter as long as we get a leader who's strong. It, as long as we have a leader who will take a decision. And what's happening right now is that unfortunately for the Congress, they seem to be faltering at each stage in taking decisions. 
and what is happening in the case of bjp you're right people are arguing but you've got you've got a nitish kumar you've got a patnaik you've got a narendra modi you've got enough options for the nation to pick from and whether it's hindutva whether it's x maybe hindutva will work in up maybe it won't work in the south so what each party will have to do is they've got a team now if one guy is not going to go around rahul gandhi can't go around all over india and win for the congress and neither can narendra modi mm -hmm. so it will be different aspects taking into different needs of each place as long as ultimately we arrive with a leader who will take a decision and what's happening with the younger generation is that narendra modi is presenting himself as one who will take a decision wrong right ugly we are fed up of having no decision and therefore give us a leader who has the courage and the conviction to take it fine india will take a risk for 5 years why anybody else we've taken a risk for 65 years what's the next 5 years let's give somebody a chance who says i will deliver or at least i will follow through whatever i'm saying Sadhana and then we see what happens so narendra modi is standing out you know on that Satyan Dhume often in in the media debate is often about Narendra Modi versus uh, Rahul Gandhi, but we've seen at least in the in the states and with the various chief ministers, all of them in different ways powerful leaders in their own right. Yet we never see any of them as being successful on the national stage. And Abhishek Singh raised that point that Narendra Modi will work in Gujarat, but he can't go beyond that. Do you see a possible future leader emerging fr uh, from the states in 2013-14, whenever the next general election actually is, as a viable national alternative? Uh, the quick answer is yes, but not uh, not as a primary choice, mm -hmm. as a compromise choice. Um, the fact is, no matter what Dr. Singhvi says, uh, Narendra Modi has established himself as a national figure, and I think at this stage of the game, it's a little bit unfair to describe him as merely a regional leader. He is more than a regional leader; he has captured the imagination of a large section of India, uh, whether or not you or I are part of that. So I think uh, the fact is that there are two people who stand out in the national imagination right now. One of them is Narendra Modi. The other one is Rahul Gandhi. And different people could have different opinions on who is good and who is bad. But those are the two national figures who are seen as leading these two teams. If someone emerges from a state, as has happened in the past, uh, I imagine that it will happen in circumstances where neither of these two leaders is able to cobble together an effective majority. And then we start looking at second picks and third picks and so on. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, let, let me just bring in uh, Sunil Alak. I wanted to ask you and you can do other a similar question, right? As we talk, uh, we've seen Arvind Kejriwal's Ahmadmi party is currently on the 10th day of his hunger strike on an issue which would be basic, I think, to uh, people across cities on inflated power, electricity bills, also water bills. Why is it that these are not seen as large-scale issues for corporate India? Why is it that you said that, look, we're all part of India and we don't divide us in this, but why is it that these kind of basic issues are never brought up by corporate India? We never hear your views on it. We never hear this as a larger alternative. It's rural India, urban India, corporate India. The voters are divided up as well. You know, may I, may I just say one thing? You know what? Unfortunately for the Aam Admi Party, and, and, and I'd like to say this, they are presenting themselves as a good hrd minister or a good rural development minister and therefore but they're not presenting themselves as someone who will be able to lead the country with a team so now what is happening is that you've got people in the system who are presenting themselves in a segment which is important nobody saying it's not important but you need someone who's able to take a far more macro view and say i have a good finance team i have a good hrd team i have a good defense team I have a good foreign minister 
and then you try and pick that but otherwise what is going to happen is we're going to have one party which is saying okay i'm looking after the the poor the other one says no 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 but i'm going to look after development and that's the only way to look after the poor so where are we going with our country the trouble is that not only are we dividing the states but we are also dividing the people in a manner where the younger generation today i've been speaking to a lot of them and the only reason narendra modi is standing out because they are saying we've had enough and we feel one man who can come and hold the old sport and then with a team around him which is full of new faces we got to give them a chance professor yadav uh, go ahead and answer that the aam aadmi party narrow in its vision it's not delivering a, a viable alternative which is why in some sense it will be some coalition of either the congress uh, or the bjp coming back to power uh first allow me to thank you for bringing that in i thought we were not going to talk about that at all and i wasn't sure if i should bring it in <laughs> uh uh you know we are a young party and of course we should be listening to advice and suggestions that's what we deserve right now and i can only thank my friend for the advice um but may i say that sometimes uh, looking at one particular action can give you a very wrong idea here is something and you, you rightly mentioned that electricity is not just a daily issue it's a national issue and the point we are making in delhi is not that electricity is expensive we are saying it's fraudulent bills are fraudulent we are saying there is a there is a collusion between private discoms drc which is independent ought to be independent regulator and the government this is a serious matter this should concern everyone this should concern my friends need as well it should concern every indian the trouble is that in earlier days if you said public sector is inefficient everyone said oh you are anti socialist and today if you say there is a private fraud this is private monopoly which is into fraudulent practices everyone says oh you are not speaking about future there is no aspiration here i want my friends to relax and take a larger view like he would like me to i would also want him to take a larger view of the country do remember in this country overwhelming majority are poor they need to be tended to first this is the first charge and what's happening in delhi city is a major thing allow me to say this must be the largest signature campaign that took place in the capital city of this country and we, this is not being noticed i think there might be some surprise for everyone to look at no and i think the fact is that there's no dialogue at all that when they went today to be the chief minister she wasn't at home so i think even the sense of the dialogue is lacking prakash javdekar the arrogance of people in power and again i say this for both the congress and the bjp that this disconnect many would say that it's all right to address rallies it's all right to address conclaves but the disconnect when it comes to actually looking in gujarat you've had uh, allegations as well of uh, issues like disease swine flu the highest in india issues of drought in saurashtra that these are not issues which comes up when you talk about the gujarat model of governance ignored why is this ignored when we talk about governance no there is a new campaign to defame gujarat and pick up the small holes and uh, topsy turvy the data and make out a point that gujarat is not that developed but people have seen is the only state where it's a 24 hour electricity it's a 24 hour tap water it's a 24 hour gas supply through pipe in all the cities plus in rural areas there is irrigation the water table has come up it is uh, growing at 14% 10 plus percent agricultural growth for sustained period of 12 years and nearly 10% plus growth for last 12 years it's a tremendous change which has happened the cotton growers which are committing suicide 
because of lack of micro irrigation in Maharashtra, the same cotton growers in Gujarat, because of micro irrigation and check dams, are flourishing and purchasing. Yes, but of course, Mr. Jabdekar, there will be many other figures that, the, that your opposition will quote at you. But let's not just go into the larger question I asked you is that there's certain focus. On the, it's only the successes you all talk about. We never look at the failures of the other side of the flip side of the coin here. See, it is very clear that whether you are sensitive or not. What Sheila Dixit is saying that if you can't, uh, if you if you don't uh, uh, want uh, bills, uh, then you don't use the electricity. That's arrogance, arrogance of power. And she has said this on many other questions also. So after 15 years, what has come? So, the, so malnutrition being about dieting for a ago. good figure is not about the arrogance of power. But let me just get final no, words. No, but no, no, it is not. It is not. It was misinterpreted. Uh, that's what Sheila Dixit said as well. About that, but no, just no. But she said, yeah, she said everything about bad about poor immigrants and everybody. So she has spoken exactly opposite of what people expect. Is that what we don't look at when we talk about voting for governance, what we ignore also is what was the big vote getter for the UP in the last elections and that was of course uh, Narega. So in that sense the right to food bill being prepared, Aadhaar, will we be looking at welfare schemes versus uh, the governance really also as key because that's what the UPA may well be banking on for the next elections. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid that, that and I'm afraid that, that would be extremely harmful for the Indian economy. And I just want to say one quick thing about the Amadi party. I think the Amadi party really has shown absolute lack of vision and they have shown a sort of different kind of populism, but nonetheless it's a sort of harmful kind of populism and a completely constricted view of the private sector and business in Indian society that frankly I think would take India 20 years backward. Right. Uh, Siyogandrik, I'm giving you a quick chance to react to that. I already said, I think why are we so worried? Uh, in earlier days we could speak about uh, inefficiencies of public sector and I'm absolutely surprised that instead of saying that our facts are wrong, interestingly none of the critics is saying that our facts are wrong. We are providing evidence, we are providing hard evidence, legal evidence. No, Professor, and instead of saying your facts are wrong, you've had, this, you've had the heads of the companies right, and the Delhi government saying your facts sir? are wrong. You have had people questioning your facts. The, Many people say the, the facts the are wrong. The CEOs of the power companies, Sheila Dixit, had uh, government have questioned your facts. Uh, in fact, that's the point I would like to people to argue. These are facts provided by none other than the earlier chairman of the DERC. Some of these facts have been acknowledged by the current chair of the DERC just three days ago. There was a public accounts committee of Delhi Assembly which had passed, uh, passed uh, remarks mm -hmm. and the, the High Court of Delhi has passed remarks. So these are, but let's have a debate on that instead of simply saying if you point out to fraudulence, you are negative, you are against the growth of the country. Can the growth of the country come only through crony capitalism, through corruption, through fraudulence? I really hope not. And I want to assure my friends that Aam Aadmi Party stands as much for the growth 
for development, all-rounded yes. growth of this country. Uh, they shouldn't worry about these things. Right. We're going to just uh, end no, this I debate here and then go across to the other uh, big debate which is arising out of IPL. It's now drought versus IPL. Does that make sense? The political brownie points. Uh, do stay with us. Uh, we'll just have a look at the other big story tonight. And that's 24 hours before IPL 6 launches. Now the state PGP in Maharashtra say they don't want IPL in the state because of the amount of water wasted for stadium pitches. So from waterless holy to no IPL, are we ignoring the main issue? Why is there such a huge water shortage in Maharashtra? Activists say it's man-made, considering thousands of crores spent on irrigation systems have completely failed. Maharashtra in drought. So don't play cricket. The BJP's opposition to the IPL in an attempt to corner the state government, perhaps now embarrassing the party itself. BJP leader Vinod Taude rushed a letter to IPL Commissioner Rajiv Shukla urging him not to hold IPL matches in Maharashtra, claiming 65 lakh litres of water will be wasted on watering grounds and pitches at three stadiums at a time when the state is facing its worst drought in four decades. IPL matches लीटर वो किलोलीटर पानी लगता हो कि उनकी वजह से महाराष्ट्र में सूखा की समस्या ठीक हो जाएगी किसी एक बड़े नेता के किसी एक बड़े अफसर के बंगलों में जितना पानी लगता होगा उतने पानी विकेट पे लगता and here's how Taude seems to have messed it up. If the matches are moved out, the cost of saving water will be around 5 lakh rupees. But if they are not, then the million dollar baby will churn rupees 20 crores for the state as tax. Moreover, the NCP says IPL or no IPL, to maintain the grounds, they will have to be watered in any case. In the Mumbai city, Nami Mumbai, part of Pune, there is no drought. And maintaining the lawn, whether it is matches or not, they have to spend some water to maintain the pitches and lawn. By IPL matches, we are getting near about 20 crore rupees per season. And Bharati Janta Party, Mr. Taude is opposing. I think even their leader, Jetli, will not oppose the IPL matches. Raj and Uddhav Thakre too have opposed the cricket league. The Sena even demanding that the entire revenue earned by the IPL should be donated towards the drought. By that logic then, should swimming pools and water parks all still running in the state too be shut down? The government also caught on the wrong foot. It claims since there is no drought in Mumbai and Pune, this is a non-issue. But then, why did they ban self-proclaimed Guru Asaram and frown at his pre-holy celebrations in non-drought areas like Nagpur and Navi Mumbai? There's more and more evidence that the drought here in Maharashtra is largely man-made. The crisis worsened by the government's misplaced and poor water management policies. But instead of exposing these lapses with facts and figures, this time round the opposition has chosen the easy way out. Are Netas once again targeting their favourite whipping boy, the Indian Premier League? In Mumbai, Tejas Mehta for NDTV. The favourite whipping boy, IPL, or is there really a serious core issue here? Is it the same important symbolism if you say waterless holy? Why should we have IPL? Just entertainment after all, says the BGP. Well, joining me on that tonight, I'm joined by Majid Memon of the NCP. Sharad Pavar, of course, uh, heads uh, BCCI when he's also part of the NCP. Prakash Javdekar of the BGP, also from Maharashtra, and they've asked for this actually to be withdrawn, for IPL not to be played here. Also with me is Himanshu Tucker, the South Asia Network on Dams, Rivers and People Key. 
perspective at a time like this. But let me go across to uh, someone I spoke to a short while ago, and that's our expert commentator, Sunil Gavaskar, who will also be part of the commentary team for IPL. Mr. Gavaskar, thanks for joining me uh, from Dubai on Skype. Just to ask you, sir, you're a citizen, uh, you're a resident of Mumbai from Maharashtra. What would you say about this demand that I having IPL at this time is not about cricket. This is just about entertainment. Do we really need this amount of water, 60,000 liters wasted on entertainment at a time when the state is suffering its uh, worst ever water shortage? I, but as I said, I don't see how, how not having this is going to help me the situation. The situation can actually be helped if every single one of us makes that sacrifice. You cannot just say if you don't have cricket, then you've got to stop having so many things. You must not even have any any uh, you know official functions uh, um, you know of the state. You must not have anything. Then my point is, do not uh, you know single out one particular activity. It could be entertainment, but it is still serious cricket. It is still serious cricket. People, uh, you know, there is a lot of money at stake. A lot of individual you know uh, professional careers depend on it. So while it is entertainment, uh, it is still a game of cricket. And I think. Uh, if, as, as I said, if, as long as every single person is prepared to sacrifice, then maybe you can think about it. But uh, not just say, okay, okay uh, we will not have cricket, but everything else goes on. I mean, that is not that is not something that I will I will ever uh, you know accept. So you are seeing the hypocrisy of having swimming pools, uh, water parks. Uh, Raji Shukla saying, what about the people who live in bungalows and who make these statements? But I think uh, the symbolism is important. It's the same issue as a waterless holy. It was a, for one day, but it's a gesture that there is a solidarity with uh, the people who are suffering uh, from drought. Uh, so, uh, so many parts of Maharashtra are drought hit currently. You don't think this is too much ostentation at this time? You're from Mumbai as well. It is not a visible sign of ostentation in Maharashtra. I think there are visible signs all over. There are so many things happening in the state of Maharashtra. Uh, that uh, you know, cricket is just a little, a little small percentage of it. Yes, it's a high-profile uh, event, and therefore I think everybody is talking about it. But I would say every single occasion, then there should be no single occasion till the water, water situation, drought situation is improved. So there must not be any parties at anybody's houses. Like I said, I'm, and I'm being very serious about it. Mm -hmm. If you if you drink two cups of tea in the morning, just have you know, say half a cup of tea. Make your own contribution, but do not single out cricket. You're saying that all, let all those people who are pointing fingers actually change themselves first. Uh, final questions from uh, Sri Lankan players not being allowed in Tamil Nadu. Now this main opposition saying don't play IPL in Maharashtra. Which state is going to be left for IPL to actually play in? Uh, that is the reason why we've got to go beyond this. That is the reason why we've got to go beyond this and talk a little bit on uh, more sense. And not just look at trying to get, you know, brownie points. I think this is just, just an effort. This particular thing, however serious the, sh the shortage is, I think it is just an effort to get some brownie points. I think we've seen, you know, I mean, IIP has been used by cricketers as well and cricket boards, uh, other cricket boards, uh, to get brownie points. Some of the cricketers, uh, you know, turn down and say, oh, I do not want to play IPL because I want to concentrate on the on the series that is coming through. They're just trying to earn brownie points in their in their own countries. Mm -hmm. But this is another effort. This is another attempt to gain some brownie points. Right, so just about brownie points, let me get in my other guests now. Himanshu Thakkar, come in here uh, Come in here at this point. Sunil Gavaskar, they're making the point very strongly that talk more about what each person can actually contribute. When you target high-profile events, it's all about getting publicity in a sense. Well, in a sense, he's trivializing the issue. I mean, there is no doubt, firstly, that there is very serious water problem in Maharashtra. The Chief Minister and Mr. Sharad Pawar has said it is the worst drought since 1972, which was the earlier worst drought. Uh, 
there are uh, more than 2000 villages which are getting water through tankers mm -hmm. uh, lakhs of farmers are not getting water for their crops uh, and uh, there is a talk of migration of the whole cities large number of village people are already migrating so i think the situation is serious and this debate is a symbolic in the sense that i think there is a ne serious need of looking at how decisions are being made about water allocations how much should ipl get versus how much uh, should be how much is available get? how much is uh, um, uh, people are getting where are the source source of this water you know bombay gets water from displacing uh, tribals in all around there are 10 dams being built now for bombay which will displace thousands of tribals and many was why mumbai should get this treatment and not uh, why uh, versus the rest of maharashtra imagine also, Uh, I just yeah. want to imagine them to react to some points, and then I'll just come back to you, sir. Majid, I mean, uh, two or three key points. Of course, the fact is that that Sharad Pawar uh, heading uh, the powerful NCP chief also heads uh, cricket. So, in that sense, the NCP will always defend this. The point also that the core issues of water shortage in Maharashtra, which is become, which has become a huge political. Uh, can you hear me, Mr. Memon? Twenty oh, seconds. Sorry, there seems to be some problem. I don't think you can hear me, but if I can come back to you, Mr. Thakur, about the point you were making about how even what where water from Mumbai is coming from is coming from displacing tribals, yeah. and then what is that water actually being utilized for? Who do you think needs to actually audit this? I think there there needs to be a very participatory, uh, non-arbitrary, very principled water allocation principles and policies. Today mm -hmm. there is none. So there are while there is all this water scarcity is there at the same time, uh, sugar factories are running. Uh, in drought prone areas maharashtra's drought prone districts are producing a quarter of india's sugar sugar is the most uh, water intensive crop no no Similarly, we see run by politicians or cross parties run by exactly ndtv uh, did a fantastic yes. story fantastic yes. story on that at the same time maharashtra is every day diverting millions of cubic meters of water out of drought prone area to the konkan which is a very water rich area 3000 mm rainfall area at the same time builders are advertising what houses with swimming pools uh, so all the wine wine factories are going on when the bead collector said that all the wineries should be stopped but the factories are going on the sugar factories were asked to be stopped uh, in osmanabad but they didn't they don't stop so on the one hand so you know there is a problem that the people who are rich and people who are uh, who have the money are powerful are able to get whatever water they want right. and the people who are poor and really needy and downtrodden are not getting and the political classes is the most important responsible agent in this because they are the people who are deciding and uh, these arbitrary and ad hoc decisions so in that sense even if uh, some see it as a political stunt do you welcome initiatives like waterless holi do you welcome initiatives like uh, saying that you know don't have ipl here does the, it at least bring the focus on the problem or does it trivialize it in the sense that you let the real issues which you're talking about get away no i think it's a, it it can bring uh, more serious attention on the water allocation decisions mm -hmm. and the processes that you know goes behind those decisions so i think it's very important to bring focus on that who decided you know first of all how much water is required and where will that water come from because mm -hmm. somewhere somewhere you will have to take away water from and then where who decided to give that water to them and it's it's not just water the whole activity will require lot of other resources mm -hmm. you know for example electricity now the the westward diversion of water that is happening is happening for electricity so of course their argument is that look at the revenue you're earning for the state the entertainment tax and that actually pays more than makes up for the water that is used in ipl that's their argument but thanks very much uh, mr thakur for joining me with your perspective we'll just have a quick look at the top headlines at this hour
The big story, of course, is on Novartis, and that's the Supreme Court judgment today, which said that Novartis, uh, the patent bid by Swiss drug giant Novartis, has been rejected. This will protect access to cheap generic drugs in India. It will also be an important precedent for developing nations because generic drugs from India, of course, popular in countries like Africa as well. Novartis fought a seven-year legal battle to gain patent protection for an updated version of its cancer drug, Glivec. The Supreme Court said today the drug did not, however, satisfy the test of novelty or inventiveness needed for patents in India. Novartis said this ruling is a setback for patients which will hinder medical progress for diseases. And they said that it will, of course, affect their research and development in India. Yashwan Sinha has written to the Prime Minister in his capacity as a member of the Joint Parliamentary Committee asking that the Prime Minister should appear in the 2G scam issue. He said that he should appear before the JPC since he had made this offer in Parliament that he's ready for any questions and this in the light of new revelations made by A. Raja. The Sports Ministry cracks down on Vijinder Singh asking the National Anti-Doping Agency to test the star boxer. This after the Punjab police accused him of buying and using heroin on 12 occasions. Vijinder Singh, who has been questioned in the case last month, has so far refused to give the police hair and blood samples. Sources say, however, he may now agree. His father and family, however, have defended him strongly, saying he is innocent. And a marital dispute could threaten the stability of the Kerala government. Today, Minister Ganesh Kumar said he has been beaten by his wife and filed for divorce. Within a few hours, his wife claimed that she had been beaten by him for 14 years. And despite complaints to the chief minister, Mr. Chandy did not intervene. The opposition is likely to make this a major issue because the minister has said that if he is sacked from the cabinet, he will resign as MLA, bringing the state government's thin majority into question. Before we end the quick update with Vijinder Singh, an Indian legend and international drug cartel, politics and bureaucracy, the case now seems to be spiraling into a web of unanswered questions. Vijinder Singh's father spoke to NDTV today telling them, telling us that Vijinder would not have won an Olympic medal in 2008 and done well in 2012 Olympics if he was a habitual drug user. But the sports ministry has now stepped in saying that the news was debilitating. The first Indian to win an Olympic medal in boxing. Vijinder Singh is now facing a potential knockout after the Punjab police revealed he had taken heroin 12 times after purchasing it from a drug smuggler. Uh, it is turning out to be a big case. And how have we concluded that he took drug? It's because there's on the it statement. Is, it uh, has come from the investigation. Uh, details I won't like to know. I won't like to tell you. Punjab police says their focus is international drug cartel and not Vijinder Singh. They are still sticking to their stand that Vijinder consumed drugs dozen times. So far, they haven't moved the court for getting his blood and hair samples. And it's still not clear what evidence they have, which makes them so confident that he consumed drugs. Even if what the police claims is true, it's worth noting that heroin falls under the category of recreational drug and isn't a performance enhancer. An athlete, if you if were to uh, consume this substance, while just before a competition or in an event and if you were to uh, test it positive then he would you know face ineligibility if found positive but right now Vijendra is out of competition in that uh, sense he does not face any kind of action by NADA
but now the sports ministry has stepped in and has asked the national anti-doping agency to carry out a test on Vijinder Singh even if the reported use of heroin happened out of competition the biggest doubts are being created by Vijinder himself any ordinary citizen who is not consuming drugs would volunteer that hey here i am take my blood sample take my hair sample take my dna main manta hu ki li hogi nahi li hogi jab punjab police dawa kar rahi hai to uska sahi jawab to yahi hoga ki vijender ko apne jitne bhi test hain wo koi central jo hamari agencies hain unko dein aur iska jawab pure desh ke samne aaye as things stand vijender's case isn't one of an athlete cheating to win medals but more of a moral issue if found guilty is likely to face criminal charges rather than a ban by the boxing fraternity In Chandigarh with Vikram Chaudhary and Amitodh Singh in New Delhi Nikhil Nas for NDTV